be reading out of John, John chapter 14, verses 15 through 26. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and that you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord... Why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, will teach, will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Knowing what you have, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And the more I work through this and the more I look at this, the more I understand that there is so much to absorb. There's so much to learn. But this is such a key foundational part for us in understanding what we have because everything comes up from and out of from the Father the Holy Spirit that lives in you. So what I did was I wrote down a few different scriptures, and I want to read them because it's going to kind of give us a, a, an understanding of, of the Holy Spirit and the relationship between the Holy Spirit and Christ and, and the relationship between Christ and the Father. You see, oftentimes when we talk about if you're a Christian, we say, well, do you have Jesus in your heart? Right? How many of you have used that? Do you have Jesus in your heart? We're going to learn a little bit about the realities, quite honestly, of where is Jesus? Where's the Holy Spirit? 
So I'm going to read to you these scriptures, okay? In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and will take you back with me that you may be where I am. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, who will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. In Luke, while Jesus was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. He was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid them, hid him from their sight. They were looking up intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. And he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. First Peter tells us that Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven, is at, the God, is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, powers, and submission to him. Now out of 2 Corinthians... Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He's anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us, put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Ephesians 1, and you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise and glory of his name. What I read here is this, that Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross for our sins. Jesus was taken up into heaven from his disciples, right? And he now sits at the right hand of the Father. But a holy, the Holy Spirit was sent as a seal, as a deposit into our hearts to be our comforter, our counselor. And so what happened was after the point when Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples, they went and they waited up in the upper room for the Spirit to be sent and brought upon them. Tongues of fire came from heaven out of Acts, if you remember that story. And the Holy Spirit was brought into their hearts and their lives. It's the same as when Christ, in Luke chapter 4, Christ goes and he is baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. He comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit as a dove descends upon him, and he goes out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. Luke chapter 4 tells us that he goes out into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4 then tells us after 40 days, Jesus comes back to start his ministry, and he comes out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Full power. Jesus leaves the earth 
the Holy Spirit comes down upon them. They come out of the upper room, and Peter, in power of the Spirit, preaches, and 3,000 people are saved. So we, as believers, we have been given a seal, a deposit of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit lives in us. I think it's important for us to understand because this counselor that we're going to get into lives in me. Lives in me. There are some churches that, as the pastor's teaching or preaching, he'll say, okay, now say, and he'll tell you to say something. Do you know why they do that? Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death. Out of Mark, Mark teaches about fa- or Jesus teaches about faith, and he says, say to this mountain, move, and it will be moved. Speak, say, words have power. They can bring life, they can bring death. But when you start talking about yourself, that's when it really hits home. You can really feel it inside. There's a, um, a statement that we say around our house that Julie started, and it has spilled over into all of us, and it is this. <laughs> I am awesome. Now, we could sit here and we could say that all day, right? Do you believe it? And some of us, inside, internally, Everything is like you have just bit into a lemon. Man, am I going to say that about me? Do I, do I have that feeling of, of saying that, man, I am awesome? I can tell that some of us are have, would have an issue with that because we just don't think that highly of ourselves. And at points, it's not about being prideful. It's not about being arrogant. You know, there, there is one called the Creator who breathed life into you, and He made you exactly how He made you. And do you know what He thinks about you? That you're awesome. Because He's a good Father. And you look at your children, and you think, wow, they're amazing. They're amazing but they don't feel the same way about them as I feel about them, and that hurts my heart. We can also say things negatively about ourselves, and at some points we, even, we may feel a little comfortable with that because we feel good about thinking bad about us, and that hurts his heart too. But you can feel it if someone says negative something about you when their words speak to you, and it's not good, you feel your soul start to shrivel. You feel your face start to be downcast. You understand that there are thoughts that just come in and start to wear you down and wear you out. But if somebody comes in and they're encouraging and they're like, man, you're just fantastic. Thank you so much for what you did. You may think, man, I really am not such a good person, but man, that made me feel great. Words have power. 
they make us choose. The Holy Spirit lives in me. Church, I'm, I'm telling you as your pastor, the Holy Spirit lives in me. In me. And I have to own that. Because everyone around me is my mission field for them to understand who Jesus is for them. So church, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Not just on Sundays when you walk in these doors, but on Monday mornings when you get out of bed and when you get dressed and you head into, into your job and you walk into wherever it is that you work or wherever you're supposed to be that day, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And it's not for you to be afraid, it's for you to be courageous. It's for you to be confident. It's for you to understand that when you step into wherever it is that He is placing you, that He is alive and in that place. Dare I say, repeat after me. Yes, I dare. Repeat. Repeat after me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. Some may be like, yes. Others may be like, this is kind of foreign territory for me. That's okay. Because what we're doing is we're creating what I call a well-worn path. You know what I mean when I say a well-worn path? We know how to get to this place. We know how to get to this place. Sometimes we can just turn our car on and they know exactly we're heading to Walmart. And the car will just drive you. That's a well-worn path. But it's also the same with us emotionally. Emotionally, if a situation happens that's negative, guess what? I have a well-worn path that I'm going to act this way, talk this way, have my voice tone, use my body language. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Well-worn path. If we're making a new path, it's not so well-worn, it's not so smooth. But God is inviting us to come there to stand and say, I have the Holy Spirit that lives in my life. The Holy Spirit is alive in me. The power of our words. <clears throat> Today we're talking about the comforter, we're talking about the teacher, and the chain breaker, which we are not going to get to today simply because we don't have the time. But the comforter, the Holy Spirit that lives within us, Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter. But if you look at other translations, they translate that word differently. Comforter, counselor, helper, advocate. All of those words are used in different translations. But see, what that does for us as a society is that we have certain ideas of what a comforter is. We have a certain idea of what a counselor is or an advocate or a helper. So we have a tendency to read those words and we pigeonhole who the Holy Spirit is. Well, he's my comforter. Okay, well, he's my advocate. So I decided to just go to the Greek. Here's the Greek word for that, that's used in this passage. Parakletos. I'm not going to have you repeat it. 
Parakletos, okay? Paraclete. Here's what it means. The one called to come alongside of. Parakletos. I'm going to ask, can somebody come down? I just need a volunteer for a quick second. Please. Just one. Gary? Okay. Come on down here. I just want you to stand right here, okay? Appreciate it. Turn around. Okay. So, Gary, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Here's what we're going to do. I just need you to stand here for a second, okay? I'm going to be a paracletos. Don't be afraid. It's not that, it's not that bad. <laughs> okay, so we talk about being on a journey, right? We're on a Christian life, and we're on a journey, and we're, we're moving down our path. We're walking along our life's road. Gary, you're doing a great job. Just, just hang in there, right? Okay, now I'm going to be the paracletos, okay? So I'm going to be the one who comes up alongside and journey with Gary. I know I am far from it, but I'm representing the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit does for you. For you. You see, you're not pigeonholed into... That's all you can, you can go ahead and sit down. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> but that's really what it's about. It's about the Holy Spirit coming alongside. It's not pigeonholed into just your counselor, like if you're having a tough day and I don't know how to move through this or I need wisdom on this situation or an understanding in, on this topic. It's not that I just need help. It's not that I just need an advocate, which we'll get into because the Holy Spirit is actually an intercessor for us. But it's not just that one thing. It's the Holy Spirit walking up beside you, arm around you, walking with you. Now see, Gary and I could walk all over the sanctuary. And as a matter of fact, Gary could have an idea of exactly where he wants to go. He wants to walk down this way, he wants to walk up this way. And you know what? I'm along for the ride. The interaction comes when before Gary leaves this spot, he says, you know, Lord, which way do you want to go? Which way do you want to go? Well, I want to go over this way. Well, great. Gary's with him. It's all of these things. You see, we, we end up taking our journey on oursel ourselves, and, and we journey from the standpoint of, okay, well, I know I need to get this done, or I don't want to get this, or I need to accomplish this, or I want to accomplish this. God, why don't you come along with me? And that's not it. It's like, God, what do you want to do with my life? Where do you want to take me? And I'll be along for the ride. But see, the Holy Spirit is the paracletos. He is the one who comes alongside. He's the one who's leading. But he's there with you and for you. Do you see what I'm saying? He's the comforter, the counselor, the advocate, the helper, all in one the paracletos. So Jesus says that I'm going to send to you another paracletos. I am going to send you another person that's going to come alongside you to help you become everything that I had created you to be. 
You see, Jesus was trading out from physically walking with them to sending His Holy Spirit to live in them to walk with them. That's who's within us, is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth. Jesus goes on to talk about being the teacher. John 14, 26, but the counselor, the one who comes alongside, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. That's a pretty bold statement. So the Holy Spirit, you know, and I put myself in in the position of the disciples. So I'm like, okay, Jesus, I've been walking with you for three years. You mean to tell me that you're going to send this Holy Spirit, this other comforter into my life, who is going to teach me all things and remind me of everything that you said to me? You got to think, have you ever, have you ever experienced anything like that? That you could depend on one person so much that they will teach you everything and bring to mind everything? I can't remember what I had for breakfast. Right? I mean, we get to that point of, I can't, really? And the answer is yes. Really. Because, see, me being taught all things is not about my ability. It's not about my ability because the Holy Spirit knows me and He's going to teach me those things and He's going to remind me. You see, it's not about how great my memory is. It's about how am I listening? Am I listening? But He's the teacher. 1 John 2.27, one of my absolute favorite verses of all time. And there's a story that goes with it, and I'll tell you. As for you, the anointing you have received from Him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But His anointing teaches you about all things, and that anointing is real and not counterfeit. Just as it has taught you, remain in Him. Years ago, when we lived in North Carolina, I was on my way home from the ministry that we were running, and I felt very impressed on my heart, (laughs) this sounds funny, felt very impressed in my heart to go to the pizza place and and eat pizza for lunch. Yeah, I know. Can God really send you to a pizza joint? Absolutely. Yes, He can. So the thing that really made me struggle with this is that we didn't have the money for me to buy lunch literally did not have the money for me to buy lunch. So I'm like, you, you got to be kidding me. I'm not going to go to this place and have lunch. I'm just not going to do it. And I just continue. It was just this, you need to go do this. You need to go do this. Okay. So I went to lunch knowing that I didn't have the money to pay for it. Yeah, I know it's a little bold, but I didn't. And so I go in and so they're like, so can we help you? And I'm like, yeah, I'll just take the buffet. <laughs> Why not, right? 
take the buffet. So take the buffet. What would you like to drink? Dr. Pepper. If I'm going to wash the dishes, I might as well wash that cup too. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying. It was one of those things to where, where I was really learning the voice of God in my heart and teaching me and training me. So I'm like, what, what do I got to lose? I'm, I, it, go big or go home. And so, yes, I'll, I'll take a Dr. Pepper. So I'm sitting there and I'm eating and fill up my first plate and ate it all and, you know, went back up and got some more. <clears throat> well, I'm sitting there and I had my Bible with me and I had um, a, a notepad and stuff, but I just heard in my mind and in my heart, 1 John 2, 27. Now, I've been to seminary, all of those things, but, but you guys know me, but I don't know every verse in the Bible. I just don't. I heard 1 John 2.27. I'm wondering if 1 John has two chapters. So I open it up, and sure enough, and it was that verse. So as I'm sitting there and I'm reading my Bible, a, a person walks past and a business card drops down on my Bible. And I'm like, praise the Lord, somebody's going to pay for my meal. <laughs> It was a business card. It was a pastor. And he's like, puts his hand on my back and he says, oh, it's so good to see young men reading their Bible out in public. And he walks on. And I'm like, whoa, you forgot the check. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I didn't say anything. I just sat there and I'm just like, everything in me is like, oh no, there was my chance. So he walked on out and I'm like, oh. Might as well go get more pizza, right? So I grab my plate, you know, and I walk back up to the buffet, and I fill it up, and I'm walking back to my seat, and as I'm walking past, there's an older couple that was sitting at this table, and this older man reaches up, and he grabs me by the arm, and he says, was wondering if you'd sit down and have lunch with my wife and I. Sure. What, what do I got to lose? So I sat down with them. We had church. It was wonderful. They were from a Pentecostal church in another town and they had come there to just kind of get a break and so they asked me to pray for them and so we did prayed for them had meal had church really and so then my waitress was walking past and she looks at me she says would you like refill can I bring your drink over here and I'm like absolutely so she gets it, and she brings it, and she brings it back, and he stops her, and he says, and ma'am, would you bring me his check? Up to that point in my life, I knew that God had something for me. I'm no different than anyone else, but for me, it was something unique. And so I had searched and asked and I had talked to people and I would go up and I would say, would you mentor me? Would you teach me? Do you have anything that I can study, that I can read? Is there anybody that I could connect to that could teach me what I felt like I needed to know and understand so that I could fulfill this idea of uniqueness in my heart? And time after time after time, no, 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 
So I was out there on my, what I felt like I was on my own. So I went with this understanding that God was sharing things in my heart and in my mind, and I was doing the best that I could, and I was going to these places, and I was sitting in this pizza in having lunch, and God gives me this verse. As for you, the anointing that you have received from God remains in you. Ian, you don't need anyone to teach you, but his anointing teaches you about all things, and that anointing that you have, it is real, and it is not counterfeit. That's what I learned that day. That what I had been given, that what God so graciously out of his mercy and his love deposited into my heart is everything I need. It is what I need. And that truth of who that Holy Spirit is dove me and just submerged me into the Word of God to teach me and to train me and to walk with me along this path. He is our teacher. He is our teacher. While God has graciously allowed me to be here as pastor, my job to help learn who he is in your life so that he will train you up in the way you should go. I am just the guy that gets to walk alongside and help where he allows me. One of the first SPRC meetings we had, we're sitting at the back table. Here was a question that I was asked. What is your vision for this church? What is your vision for this church? And I believe that God gave this answer that really allowed our hearts to come together. This is not about my vision. This is not about my vision. This church is not about my vision. This church is about being about God's vision. And understanding what his vision is for this church and what he wants to do, I just get to help it come to be. And church, we're watching it. We're watching it happen. And it's amazing because God is doing this. We don't walk out of here going, well, man, you know, Ian's got this vision of doing this and he wants to do this and he wants to do that. It's not about me. I don't hear that. It's not about what Ian wants in this church. It's about what is God doing? How has he gifted me? How can I use my gifts and talents for him? And as we, as we bring those to him and we lay them at the foot of his throne, we're watching life and lives and hearts change. And it's about his vision. But through that, it's the Holy Spirit leading us, guiding us, and teaching us. He is our parakletos. He's the one who's coming alongside of us to lead us. He is our teacher. He is teaching us all things and what to do and how to do them and when to do them. But that's who lives in you. That's who lives in me.
the Spirit of the living God. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Father, Lord God, we are thankful for this day. We thank you for what you are teaching us and what you are sharing with us. Father, I thank you for your loving kindness towards us. Father, I thank you for opening up our ears and our hearts to understand what's taking place and that you have set us aside to be a part of it. Father, I just pray that we continually pursue you. Father, that we put our ears to the floorboards of heaven. God, I just ask your Holy Spirit to speak to us, to give us clarity. Father, to give us courage and to give us strength to take on the tasks that you have before us. 